Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. All right, well, from the Talks and Tastings Studios, this is the Clerical Errors Podcast. I'm Bull Hagen. And I'm Berg. Welcome to the show. So, uh, how you doing, Berg? Living the dream. Making the millions. All right, well, I've got a, I got a beverage today, so if you have enough beverage... Uh, please join us. Let us know what you're drinking today. I would like for it to be a mystery beverage. Now you have me intrigued. Okay. Which is, is this the like ad- clue? No. If you want to know, beverages? if you want to know what the mystery beverage is that we're enjoying so much, email us and we'll tell you what we're having. Ah. All right. And where can they email us, Vicar? They can email us at feedback at clericalairs.org. Or they could send us a, a Facebook message if they're on our page, and uh, we'll respond to that too. So, figure out what we are drinking. Oh. All right, hey, hey, Vicar, can we, can we make a can we make a vet a bet here that- on the over on the over under on how many people email asking what the thing you're drinking is? <laughs> what? Well, sure. I'm gonna go. Sure. Will you take? Will you take over five? Because I'm taking under five. Well, see, I, I brought the wrong beverage. In, so I have to run out to my car and get the right beverage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking the bet on that. Guess guess what? Talk the, amongst yourselves. Guess what the failed beverage is. <laughs> and then you can tweet us. So. <laughs> oh boy. So Peter, it's always a pleasure to speak with you over the interwebs. You know. So. Of course. What's been going on? Oh, uh, you know. Uh... Uh, ever working on editing, you know, getting better at editing, especially last week, you could tell if you listened early to the uh, uh, podcast that uh, I'm really good at my job and never mess up. Hey, it was pretty epic. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so, I mean, we even got Facebook comments there too, which is awesome. So we have some devoted, yeah, was, li- we have was, some de- devoted listeners. It was all a ruse to make people say something. <laughs> See if they're really listening. So... Thank you, listeners. You touch the places where our heart should be. So, you're back. I am back. Is this is this secret beverage a secret to both the listeners and those who are drinking it? No. We will know. Okay. So so you can get a really cool reaction to what it looks like. Okay. So Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to be a good show. <laughs> have you it's, ever had this before? I never have. You've uh, always wanted to, I bet. But it's it's super ironic. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's pretty. All right. Let me see. All right. You guys are doing a good job of selling it. I'm really curious now so, as to what it is. It's it's pretty neat. I'm not going to lie. Oh, it smells amazing. You would not believe believe the smell of this stuff. Have you ever had this before, Vicar? I don't think I was ever allowed to until oh. now. <laughs> All right. I have a feeling this is going to be sinfully delicious. <laughs> there you go. So I will explain the uh, the cups that we're receiving this in. They are of the wonderful substance plastic. And uh, it's about right for the show, you know? So, I'm sorry, did I give you too much over there? Mm. 
<laughs> so just smell it. Just smell it. Oh, this this does smell. I'm actually excited about this. <laughs> Are so, you? I am. I you know I'm. I often don't. Uh, it's not. Uh, it's not the type you generally. Right. It's not the beverage I would typically imbibe, mm-hmm. but it uh, <laughs> has a wonderful uh, a wonderful aroma to it. Vicar, you're taking your headphones off every time. Does it just bother you? Is it too loud? Uh, no, I'm a little far away. You know? Oh, oh, here. Just say something. You're too nice, Vicar. He just knows. He's his... afraid he'll get smacked. Right. He just knows his place. Yep. So, uh, give it a give it a taste, there, Berg. What do you think? It burns all the way down. <laughs> Very ironic. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. I I'm I'm pretty I'm I'm pleasant I'm pleasantly surprised. Oh, that's good. It's good. All right, I think I actually know what it is now and I cannot wait to get to Hampton. <laughs> I'm wondering what my food pairing would be with this. What would your food pairing be? This would be uh Georgia barbecue. Ooh. That might be it. Or maybe uh, this is like a, like having a cigar on a summer night. Yeah, nice pipe. Okay, so. So listeners, I know you're just dying to know what we're drinking. Oh, that's tasty. So you know, email us. That's really good. Tweet at us. It is amazing. And if you tweet at us, we'll also show you the fail the failed beverage. The, the <laughs> that you know. So I so. guarantee you, it's not this good. <laughs> That's that don't, is the don't truth. make promises you can't keep, Berg. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know how to tweet. You're right, I don't. So th- that's why your help is always appreciated, Peter. <laughs> so, uh, Berg, what are you preaching on? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I've, I've barely looked at the text. So we are recording this on Monday. It's yeah. Yes, and and most pastors do have their sermons started on Monday, right? <laughs> um, I, I I don't know. I typically have at least looked at it, and um, I I I can honestly st- say it's been one of those weeks where, um, it it's been like a Garfield Monday. So, well, it's the last Sunday of the church year. Yep, and the the text we're on the same now, right? We are the last Sunday of the church year. So. Uh, we're like in celestial harmonics or something. So our gospel reading is from Matthew chapter 25. And um, it is a parable of the ten virgins. Um, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish. Do you remember what the Greek is? They're, they were morons. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and five were wise, not morons. Uh, for the when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took oil with them in their lamps, and the bridegroom was delayed, and all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, Here is the bridegroom, come out and meet him. Then all those virgins and trimmed, rose and trimmed their lamps, and all the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there will be not enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were at the... Uh, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast. 
And uh, they said, open the door to us. But the answer truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you do not know neither the day nor the hour. Isn't it nice he gives us the uh, what it means at the very end? Yeah, that is always nice. <laughs> therefore, watch. Right. It kind of reminds me of The Lion King and my favorite song from The Lion King. Okay. I didn't peg you as a Disney guy. Oh, well, this one, you know, it's from my childhood, man. Okay. So Jeremy Irons, who is Scar, sings, be prepared, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's really what this, this whole parable is about, right? So be prepared. So what does it mean to be prepared? Be ready. You don't know when the the, the day or the hour. So anyone who claims to know when Jesus is coming, guess what? They don't. They don't. And so for the Christians, when we think of Christ's coming, we think of several things. First one we think think we think of is, is that one, no one knows when the hour is going to be. We don't know. And uh, I like to remind people that it could be today. Yep. Another point about Christ's second coming that we remember is there will be increasing turmoil until that day. Yep. And what do we mean by turmoil, Berg? Uh, the rapture and uh, the 14 and a half months of tribulation. <laughs> oh, wait, that's the wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs> we, we no, th- Jesus, Jesus tells us about the signs of the end, right? right. There will be wars and rumors of war. He tells us this in other places, like in Matthew, what is it, 24? That there will be wars and there will be rumors of wars. False prophets will arise. False Christs will arise. Um, that uh, the love of many will grow cold. There will be a great apostasy. Uh, the Antichrist will be revealed, and he already has, in the person of the papacy. Um, and that the gospel will be preached in all the world. All right. And and so the Bible talks about it in a way. Jesus talks about it as being birth pains, that they get increasingly worse. Right. Another thing we know about Christ's second coming is that he is not going to come to set up an earthly government, but rather he is coming to judge between the living and the dead. So he's not going to come riding in a white Jeep? No. Oh, man. Sorry. Or a Hummer. Dang it. (laughs) And, uh, And another thing we know about the second coming is the fact that for the Christian, it's a good thing. Right. That's why it's described as a wedding feast. A wedding feast, yeah. Because most people are happy at weddings. And so, you know, you can tell that I don't really have my sermon really thought out either. (laughs) (laughs) I think another thing, too, to really bring out is, you know, in English we have this one word, wise, right? Mm -hmm. And Greek has a couple different words. Um, and so people might actually get confused and say, well, in order to be wise, you need to be some super smart genius type scholar, right? Mm-hmm. But that is not the word that is used in Greek. The word that is used for the five quote unquote wise virgins is actually phrenesis, which means prudence. They were prudent. They prepared. They were ready. Mm-hmm. Um and so I, I think that's that's something also for us to remember is even if our acumen is not all that high, right, and maybe we didn't get all E's in school, uh, nevertheless, uh, what does it mean to be prudent? It means to know these things, know where, what your situation is, uh, to prepare for the long wait of Christ, mm-hmm. and um, to be ready for it. Right. And that's what it means to be prudent, as opposed to being maybe a scholar for example. 
and uh, and so it's the last Sunday of the Sunday of the church here, and that's why we we uh, think of Christ's second coming. Yeah, and it's interesting too because uh, I learned this from another podcast. Uh, the Prussians used to actually call this day Totenfest, uh, the Feast of the Dead, and they would read like you did for All Saints Day, uh, read all of the names of the people in the parish who had died mm-hmm. um, on that Sunday, So, which is kind of a neat tradition. Yeah. I remember doing that at times uh, uh, at a church I went to in high school. They would do that the last Sunday of the church year. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said, on the, when we talked about All Saints, I actually do that on All Saints Day. And that's the thing. You guys can go back and listen to that episode. What was that episode called? Oh, I don't remember what that was called. It was about four, which one? Uh, the All Saints one. Must have been the hymn episode, right? Was it the hymn episode? Yeah, it probably was. That episode is Himo Delicious. Good work, Vicar. You came through. <laughs> All right, so. Oh, that's tasty. It is. Are, am I uh, convincing you that this, uh, you know, for the type of beverage you like from a different continent to, uh, to come, come across the pond? This is a good representation of a particular drink. That is good. Okay. All right. So uh, that brings us to our top 12 list. Peter, play the intro. Enough nonsense. It's time for Bullhagen's Top 12. All right. So uh, last time, Berg, your uh, blasphemy was on... um, Confirmation. Would you, do you remember exactly? Can you? Yeah. Can you, can I you mean, re- well, refresh what you talked about. Right. So we kind of riffed a little bit on uh, Pastor Fisk's um, kind of critiques of confirmation. One was the setting of confirmation, like classrooms, uh, the sort of lecture sort of deal. Uh, the second was where should it take place, you know, and he argued that uh, a lot of at least the foundations of confirmation should take place in the home. Then the third thing that we kind of talked about was the critique that confirmation oftentimes becomes too intellectualistic. Um, so, just to kind of so so that that kind of um... and I'm sure you know we'll and if you guys have more critiques or uh, if you see some deficiencies in confirmation, you can email us uh, and all that other kinds of stuff. Send us snail mail, Vicar. Where can they reach us? <laughs> They can find us on Facebook. Uh, they can find us on, well, any app that you get your podcast loaded to your digital device. Uh, they can find us on the World Wide Web at clericalheirs.org. And uh, they could find us on Twitter. At me, bro. Yeah, at P for podcast. So check us out. Tell us your critiques of confirmation and teaching in the church. Um, all right. So what I did was... Uh, don't I don't want you to think everyone to think this is a, a comprehensive list. It's just twelve things because I know I'm missing something. Okay, indeed. So this is just a conversation, right? Starter. And, and the conversation. And, and to be honest, I, when uh, you had this idea when we last week, I spent what twelve minutes on this list. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I, I spent another like four minutes on it. So my goodness, look at you, man. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, and before we get too into it, I, I did try and get a hold of Reverend Fisk, and uh, either he doesn't use Twitter or he ignored me. So, oh. <laughs> all right, we're, we're just not big time yet. All right, I mean, 
All right, cleric. Someday, someday. All right, this is where we need the clerical heirs army to step in and speak up for us. Right. It's true. We actually had I actually had a couple people retweet, and I had one person that said I vote yes or something like that. Okay, <laughs> it's like my most engaging tweet ever. So all six of our followers. So I have two two, right. two assignments, followers. See if you can uh, to uh, I want the clerical heirs army to go out in force and see if you can convince uh, uh, Pastor Fisk to join us to talk about it. Right. And uh, the second thing is Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. Oklahoma, guys. Come on. Come on, Oklahoma. Take your vacation there and then just, like, listen to the podcast. People catch on. <laughs> yeah, there's stuff to do in Oklahoma. Like, Well, we're helping with that. Anyways, all right. I mean, so. there was a musical about it. So, obviously, it's got to be good. <laughs> we are very, very uh, – a deficit, a deficit oriented today. Yep, <laughs> we're super on task. Yeah, usually makes for a good episode. Anyways, so I have, um, based on that, if I were to, and this is your idea, kind of to start from ground zero, right? Because you're the experienced pastor. You've been doing this for. You've had a lot of, you've had a lot of classes. You've had a lot of new members over the years, uh, and you've taught a lot of vicars. So, right. you know, you're in a prime. So, like, because I have the vicars, I kind of know what not to do. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so, so, and former vicars, if you have a, if you have something to say about this, so if I were to start from ground zero, and let me explain what I mean by ground zero, of starting of of the confirmation thing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like everything. This this is not just confirmation. This is everything related to it, mm-hmm. and so. And part of it is too. This is these are ideals because, and that's what we run into as pastors is is we have these ideals that we want to do, especially when you're coming out of the seminary. My my confirmation is going to have this, this, and this, right? Yeah. And and I, I keep on wanting to use a word that my twelfth number twelve is already going to betray. That's how ingrained <laughs> these are. Okay. <laughs> so, so but my point is is uh, these aren't okay. This is what everyone should do. But these are if if I wanted to if 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 I was uh, at a place where everything was going well, I can just say, okay, this is what I like to do, and um, and if I were to think about a uh, teaching the catechism in a way at that time and that at age, what would be the best? Okay, twelve situations and ways that that teaching could go well that's the longest intro to a top 12 list it is you've put a lot of thought into <laughs> so, it so so my point is these are not saying okay we all have to do this but these are ways that i think if i were going to start from the very beginning redo everything like a custom like a custom confirmation right, right? if i was going to knock over the sandcastle and start over okay mm-hmm. and the, here's the thing and this is this is one of the big things that will be throughout this okay the confirmation, the teaching, is not just a pastor thing. Yep. What do I mean by that? For example, uh, if uh, if you have, a, which every church does, a lot of people think when it comes to uh, members who aren't in church very often, okay? Right. That uh, the problem is, well, it's the pastor. Well, it's everybody's church. Right. It concerns everybody. And so when we talk about teaching the young, and, and preparing child, children to confess their faith in a public way. Um, it is really a church thing. It's not just the pastor. And it means everyone else having a good attitude about it and wanting to do what's best. Because a pastor can't do those 
this all himself because what happens if he doesn't if he doesn't have the support of a congregation in doing these things it's it's going to fall flat right so so with that uh laborious intro <laughs> um i begin so number 12 number 12 number 12 is get rid of the word program nice <laughs> because it's it gives the impression that to teach that uh, it's it's like the special program that it's different from the life of the church. Mm-hmm. It should flow with everything the church is already doing. And we love that word, don't we? We have Sunday school. Our Sunday school program does this. Our youth group program does this. Our confirmation program does this. And it's all very segmented and... Uh, when you think of all those different programs, they really all should want the same thing anyways. Right. So if they all want the same thing anyways, then why do you have to segment it out? It should be part of the life of the church and everything you do. So the first thing is, number 12, is to get rid of the word program and that that type of thinking. Makes That's sense? awesome. No, I mean, I've always, I've always thought that is like you get like little, you know, it's like little lodge members, right? Because they've got their own thing, right? Mm-hmm. And it is. It's uh, well, the high school youth have to have their own, blah 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 blah, right? And it's like okay, maybe, but why does it have? Like you said, why does it have to be something different than the church, right? And, um, and by the way, a little behind the collar, to to uh, our church people, all over the country, except for Oklahoma, because they don't listen very much, okay. Is you know, that, th- there's probably like one Oklahoman listening right now, and they're going to be like, well, I'm never listening to right. them again. <laughs> <laughs> no. W- what you need to do is get a friend. Anyways. Start start a program. Right. For- Join the Clerical Heirs <laughs> Army. <laughs> Come on board, man. We got room for you. It's true. Um, so where was I? Um, get rid of program. Oh yeah. So yeah. For, look behind the collar about pastors. Okay. Okay. We think you use example. We use example of youth group program. Okay. Right. Um, a pastor actually cares less about whether kids are doing activities. Mm-hmm. You know, the youth group is doing activities. It's good to build fellowship and all those things. We actually care more about whether those kids are in church and learning God's word. Right. So. So, you know, if you're, uh, you know, if you're, uh, have a youth program, it should really, I use it again. <laughs> yep. It's hard though. It is. <laughs> it's so, it's embedded. Uh, like it, we got it. It's cut it out. Cut it out, man. Just yeah. cut it out. That, that, side note, side note here. Sorry. Uh, um, as part of this, um, if you're scheduling a youth event, make sure you're not setting it up for Sunday morning during church. Okay. That would be bad. Okay. All right. So <laughs> that brings us to I'm gonna cut I'm gonna cut this out here, but I uh, uh, <laughs> All right. I, I uh, All right. Uh, uh getting back to this, uh there's part part that Peter just cut out, which was a news that really bothered Berg. <laughs> if you wanna know what it is, maybe you can send us an email at feedback. Especially you, Oklahoma. Come on, Army, yeah. get out there. Number 11. 
everything should center around the divine service on Sunday morning. Nice. Okay. Uh, what does that look like? I'll give you an example. So in the confirmation system. <laughs> uh, organic outros, please. System right. count sounds way worse than programming. You're trying, though. I, I, I appreciate it. So I just spent three years in the system. <laughs> All right. You have people who will make sure they don't miss confirmation class. But don't miss church. Right. Right. And so because they view it as a program. Yep. Or a system. Right. And so ever, your teachings, how you teach can maybe sometimes have a reflection of the church here. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is kind of the heartbeat of everything that goes on. Because if if uh, the point is is to lead them in faith, where does Christ Jesus strengthen our faith? You know, right through the preached word and through the sacraments. Now, have you ever thought? And this ju- this just came to me. Okay, centered confirmation centered in the divine service. And the way, like, the one-year lectionary is set up is that it's set up to teach the whole counsel of God. I mean, maybe what we should be thinking about doing is whenever we meet for catechism instruction that we actually use the use the readings we heard on that Sunday to, oh, to teach the faith. A, I mean, a, maybe, you know. I That's a good idea. Maybe that's been done before. Have you heard anything that does that, Vicar? I haven't, but I think it would be a good idea. Um, in addition, I think the just the liturgical movement through the service has a lot of scriptural uh, opportunities to continue to teach the content of the Bible, which is one of the main um, objectives of catechesis for confirmation is teaching the content of the Bible. And that's what we're doing the New Testament in my class right now. And as often as I can, I bring in some aspect of the service and tie that into the lesson that we're mm-hmm. we're looking at and the the life event of Jesus or this particular letter of Paul however it fits but i also think the consistency with the church here the more that we can be consistent the better it is for our people and that goes with the liturgy and with our teaching and then it's not so artificial because i think that's our biggest problem like with the word program or system is that it's kind of something outside of what we should normally do. Right. But maybe if our catech if our catechism was in sync with with the life of the church here, maybe I don't know, maybe that would be something better. Right. So, because like we have certain Sundays like Rogate in Easter which talks a lot about prayer. Mhm. You know, and the promise of prayer. Or like this, like this last Sunday. Sounds like you have a, you have a, like your wheels are turning. You're, you're. Well, I, yeah. I mean, now it's really kind of, yeah. I don't know. Why didn't I think of this before? <laughs> <laughs> well, All right. Or, or, or like this, or like the last Sunday, the text we just talked about. We could talk about the resurrection of the body. We can talk about um, the life everlasting. We can talk about the final judgment when Jesus mm-hmm. comes back. Right. I mean, there's just a lot of, yeah. Huh. So. All right. Number 10. Involve children from the very beginning of life. And I was thinking about this. I was thinking, at first, the thought that came to mind was uh, uh, cradle to grave. But it starts before then. It does. You know? And it's the, and it doesn't just end with a grave. <laughs> right. So I, I was thinking maybe 
uh, I, I, so I thought in my mind, oh, maybe uh, conception to everlasting life. But then I think, well, no, it even starts before then with marriage. <laughs> right. So, but my point is here is, is uh, you know, confirmation does not, or teaching the catechism is not just starting out in sixth grade and go through eighth grade. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, there should be, it should be the beginning from, from the very beginning and uh, through what happens on Sunday morning and, and uh, that then informing what goes on in the home. And, uh, and, and my point is it, it should be from the, from the whole time a Christian is alive, it should be some way a part of learning and growing and not just sixth through eighth grade. And that's I think that's why, why, by the way, going back to the last episode, that there's such an urgency to teach doctrine because pastors are like, I've only got so much time to teach them this because after they walk through these doors, we'll have Bible studies once in a while, but we won't really get into the nitty gritty, the nitty gritty like we want to. And um, and so there's an urgency when we teach. But if it's, you know, in a perfect world. Well, and yeah, I you mean, know, just, just involving nice... the whole time, and and when, when, uh, uh, so so what? You didn't expect Peter to know calculus when he was, you know, six, right? Like he actually. The had fact to that grow. I knew it was quite a surprise. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you mean he actually had to grow up, what? right? And and so my point is, is we try and get everything into three years when it really is a lifetime. Well, and I think too, like it's hard because. There are certain aspects of the sixth commandment you just simply can't teach kids who are in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. You just you you can't. They're not ready for it. You can tell them that marriage is good and that marriage is between a husband and a wife, you know, one man and one woman and the like. And another know. thing too is is at the same time, in you know, if it's the confirmation standard sixth through eighth grade participation, <laughs> artificial construction. <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, then, uh, um, a lot of times in some ways, sixth grade is too late. Yeah. They've already, they've already got their opinions, their, uh, their, uh, way of thinking about things already in a certain path and, it's and pretty hard to change it. Right. So it really is, uh, just being a part of the life of the church. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what uh, Pastor Fisk was. Right. And I think, too, you know, this starts, like you said, even before we're born, um, when married couples know that they're pregnant, uh, they should go to their pastor and ask him to pray for them. And that these things should actually be in the prayers of the church um, because we should pray for these unborn children Mm -hmm. um, and keep them in our prayers uh, that God would mercifully bring them to the waters of holy baptism. And if not, that he would take them home to himself in heaven. Um, so this starts, like, even before birth, it starts at baptism. It uh, continues on through um, not only parents, but also other congregation members, right? It's mm-hmm. always, we're always learning. Always learning. So. Number nine. Make it not generational, but intergenerational. Stop separating age groups into right. age brackets. No, that's great. Um, and we see this. This is really coming to a head nowadays. Uh, my son, 
one of my sons, uh, Jonah, tried to explain to me what this, uh, uh, Peter, you would know about this. Uh, what's it? Uh, okay, Bloomer. What is it? Okay, Boomer. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's an insult. It's a way to just dismiss what somebody's saying. And uh, the the problem with it is maybe they don't realize it works both ways. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's hard because the Boomers have been dismissive of the Millennials and of the generation after that. I don't I don't know what that's called. Generation Y, maybe, um, or the iPhone generation, i generation, right? Um, you know, and so it's hard when you've been dismissed and then, so you're dismissed, you know, you just copy that, right? Eye for eye. Right. Tooth for tooth. And and when we look at uh, the Bible and the history of Israel, the congregation was always together and it was everybody um, into the early church mm-hmm. during the time of Jesus. Uh, there was never a separation and, and maybe Berg or Pastor Bolhagen, maybe you have an idea of when we sort of got into this mindset that these generations think differently, so we need to separate them, um, especially the young kids. Um, maybe you have an idea of when that originated, but um, I, I really think it's unhelpful. And as someone who's, um, uh, I don't know, I, I'm seeing the young kids in confirmation. I'm also teaching the elderly in, in Bible class. I would see a lot of fruit in bringing the two groups together. And in sometimes they have the same questions. Uh, right. And other times, one group has an answer um, that another group has. And oftentimes it's the elderly would have the answers that the young folks are asking. And, and so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of like when we have a, a funeral. You know, I often wish I would see more of our young people. I know they're busy. They got work and all this stuff. But to realize, you know. This is why we got to have funerals on nights or weekends. Huh? I mean, honestly, that's... Sounds like a top 12 list. <laughs> I know, the funeral directors just hate it when I say stuff like that. <laughs> Number eight. Everyone needs to work together. Home, church, uh, school, school, teachers, uh, uh, LWML, right? Lutheran wish, uh, Women's Missionary League. Yep. Every, everyone. Everybody. Needs to work together because everyone has the same goal. And and by the way, in by Sunday school and going back to the too. intergenerational thing, you know, the, the children have a lot to learn from the older generation and the older generation then also has a lot to learn from the younger and the younger they they need they are comforted when the younger people help them or visit them or sing to them. So. Right. Number seven. Everyone has to buy into it. Everyone has to buy into it. What I mean by that is, is parents, elders, everyone needs to be on the same page because everyone has their own idea. Well, I think it should be this. Well, what about this? And and what about this? And, and you want to improve and have a healthy attitude and you want people's opinion on what's working. But at the same time, what when uh, it uh, things are set up to fail when People aren't invested, and and it might not be the way that you want to do it. But, you know, sometimes it's not the form that makes it helpful, but it's when everyone is on the same page is more helpful than anything if if it's working together. And oftentimes these things can complement one another Mm -hmm. and not actually be at odds, especially if we've got the same goal. Right, right. 
but uh, I think that's I think as as pastors, I think that's looking behind the collar here is uh, you know a pastor might try something and they say well and people say well I don't think that'll work and so it's never given any thought and how do you know you never tried it yeah you know talks and tastings right like well, one of Peter's favorite lines is well not with that attitude indeed <laughs> you know and so. Who would have ever thought this podcast would be everywhere except Oklahoma? Yeah, not with that <laughs> attitude. <laughs> so, you understand what I mean by that? I hear you clucking, big chicken. Yeah, it, it's just, you know, it may not be the, the your favorite. It may not it may seem weird. You might think, well, this will never work. But here's the thing. If everyone, if parents, for example, just say to their children, listen to the pastor, trust him, uh, and pastors trust your parents and 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 uh and really say because if 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 kids are let's hear their parents say okay we'll have to do this so, you know i know it's kind of weird but pastor wants to do this blah, 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 that's going to have a huge effect on how the kids learn right if everyone has a positive attitude about working together and everyone buying in it makes everything better and this isn't just confirmation it's like learning a it's, new hymn it's everything it's everything um and so uh so it, that one i guess would go way above and beyond the confirmation um uh artificial construct yes hey vicar find us a better n- word to use please <laughs> you got than it. artificial construct or program or system or system all right i'm on it all right <laughs> all right so organic outgrowth <laughs> All right, that brings us to one, two, three, four, five, six, twelve, eleven, ten, nine, eight, seven, can't, six. Can't you just, like, not for them. All right, so I am at number six, correct? Yes. Okay, number six. Um, seek to create. Lifelong bonds and connections with other Christians. You know, I actually saw this being done once. I can't remember. I was in somewhere in Minnesota, and uh, they actually had the older guys, uh, the older people, sat and listened to the memory work of the younger kids who were going through confirmation class. And so it kind of like, they were kind of like advisors to them, and Mm -hmm. so it was a way to kind of form some of these relationships. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, and... and, um then there are all sorts of ways that you can do it, but mm-hmm. but uh, and 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 really form, you know, have a connection with other churches, you know, right? Like you know, your church and my church. I think our our youth, our kids should do better, especially you know having uh, you know. So there are all sorts of ways, but having these bonds because if you look at at uh, some of the older generation that that they did do well is I want you to think of uh, the older members who have lifelong bonds that they've made through the Walther League. Right. Way back when. Or throwing darts or um, whatever they did. Uh, Walther League was kind of a, uh, a synod-wide youth uh, thing that went fr- through high school into college, I believe. Mm, I think so, yeah. And uh, A lot and, of people actually met their spouse, their husbands or wives through it. And, uh, and so... so there, there is a ways that you, I think creating lifelong bonds really help keep you rooted, even when we're, you move around and that kind of thing, to know that 
you have other brothers and sisters who 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 are praying for you, who care for you, and um, and so there you go. Number five. Include a confession and absolution. Yes. Because uh, um, private you, confession and absolution. Yes. Good. Yes. Uh, just because for lots of reasons. But uh, you want to get to the heart of, you know, do they believe this? <laughs> do they care about their sin? Right. And and that's one thing I think. That actually, that's the only, that's one of the two things that, the, that our confessions actually mandate. That somebody has to be examined and they have to be absolved. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, those are, those are like the two things surrounding catechism class confirmation whatever you want to call it those are really the two things that must happen do you believe this are you sorry for your sins and want to do better right number four teach the art of theological debate absolutely (laughs) and the reason why i say that is is uh we it's a good thing to be able to talk and debate about theology Right, in a way that isn't t- terrible. And to debate it means you actually care about it. Right. <laughs> you know, in a, in, a, in, a, in a time where everyone's like, sure, whatever, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, if, 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 if you can create a, an atmosphere where the young people care enough to really want to even argue about it. Right. And I think you saw that in generations past. You know, people in their 60s now talk about the debates they had in high school. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Lutherans uh, versus, you know, Reformed or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And they, they had these discussions. And, um, it, and, and it, it, it completely is a change of how, how school teaches, I think, kids to think, where mm-hmm. it's just regurgitation. Right. To internalize it, to care about it, and to be able to, to not only state your faith, but why. And I think... Having a, a setting where you can debate these ideas, right, in love, mm-hmm. is a very good and positive thing, and something that we should be teaching our young people to do. I don't know how to do that yet. That's where the clerical heirs army comes in and helps us. Indeed, <laughs> but I think that's, I think having uh, um, young people within the uh, confirmation ministry. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. Ministry. Uh, <laughs> Pastor, how about formation? Or or sculpting like a like a potter. Okay. Number three. And and this is simple. This is really simple. Um, and it's something I think that uh, has been missed so far in our list. So number three is show care for the lost mm-hmm. because uh i think showing care for the lost also teaches them to be concerned about their own right and uh and uh and so i think part of that is why i like the, the- theological debate is mm-hmm. to be able to to talk because um i think youth actually have probably our young people have the if you talk about a group of people who could bring the most amount of people in the church, I do think it's the young people, the high schoolers. 
I really do. Yeah, it, it yeah, I, I mean it 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 can really have a powerful effect. Because they're they're more open to things. They they I think uh kids that age are more honest well, with each other. And peer pressure is not a bad thing. Right. Right. It's, and then by it, because it, they by the time they get to a certain age, well, we don't talk about religion or whatever. You know? Mm-hmm. Um and uh it's a very formative time in their life and and uh and I just think that uh you agree with that, Peter? I think I heard you agree a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I agree. That. Yeah. So, and so that would be helpful for them. And they had to know that they have to know the faith. And that, that and number two is kind of related to that. Number two, lead uh, them for Christian service within the church. What okay. I mean by that is is this is now two doesn't mean it's like better than like Sunday like being part of divine service. So these aren't necessarily in the order of importance. Right. But so, for example, I think it would be helpful for for uh, for a younger person to, to be with the trustees. See how that works. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, uh, the, you know, the, the churches that produce the most pastors from it are do this very well. Mm-hmm. There are some churches that produce a lot of pastors, and I think part of it is from the time they're younger, they get them involved and they get, you get them interested and they, they want to help and they want to serve. And I think... Right. And this is not like preaching, like having a kid service. Right. The kid, you know, this is actually, uh, they, they're still in their role of hearer, but they maybe acolyte, mm-hmm. maybe they are crucifer, they carry the processional cross. Um, maybe, Be- maybe, they, maybe they play piano, maybe they sing in a choir... Maybe they're they're mindful that the, the little kids are looking up to them and being good examples right. in, in leading, maybe not as the teachers. Right. But And so these are things that the church doesn't necessarily need to keep running, but they are things that beautify the church. They are auxiliary or helping offices, and kids learn by imitation. They learn by watching somebody do it. And how can we expect people to take over these jobs if they've never seen it, if they if they don't know how it's done, and number one, uh, incorporating everything, whether it's education, biblical knowledge, catechism Sunday, divine service, home, everything is just unified for the united purpose of creating, sustaining faith in the life of the people, and mm-hmm. confirmation would play a role it's it's all working together all having the same purpose right and uh and then and i guess that would be a good way of summing up the the number 12 too that it's to get rid of the word program because it's it just flows naturally from everything you do natural outgrowth so the confirmation mission (laughs) Uh. (laughs) you're trying pete uh how about uh i don't know we could do this forever but uh so berg what do you think of the list it's a good list yeah i uh anything that i missed no i mean i i think you know there's a lot that you could do with each one of those points you know they're kind of like um what do i want to say strategies Mm -hmm. right it'd be fun to see how like the tactics would work out right you know, and that, like, I think that's where everyone has to buy in comes in. Right. You know, and so like how how some of these things would be done, I think, would be a fascinating discussion. 
you know, like uh, um, using the church year as a year as as a way of catechesis, for example, mm-hmm. or um, what a shadowing program for uh, the trustees would look like. I right. think I think that would be kind of cool. So, and that's the thing, guys. You can always write in, ask questions, get some more clarification, and uh, thank you because this was this was good. I I enjoyed this. And please please get back to us. Help help us, you know, be part of the show. It's fun, right? We do answer emails. Mm-hmm. Twitter, we're trying. Right. Well, you know, we get screenshots of Twitter, <laughs> and we answer. <laughs> All right. So, uh, you know what? I want to do a verse. Peter, can you spin the wheel for us? I've got... I actually do have a, a couple oh, of questions, you unless you are super... Not a, not specific, but a, a couple I'm, I'm really interested in personally to hear about from you guys. Okay. You want to do questions instead? Sure. Nice. The producer confesses. Yeah. <laughs> you want to do an intro? Yeah, Peter, play the intro. Confound the clerics. All right. So I found a couple questions on over the past couple weeks on the LCMS subreddit. Oh, that really interested me, and I'd love to hear your I, take. On I it. still don't know what Reddit is. Okay, so uh, um, Reddit is a place where people. I'm gonna do my best, Peter, because I'm going by what you told me. Okay. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Reddit is is where people can half make posts, and actually they have to be good posts that people react to, and that moves you up the list. Yeah, you're kind of there. Okay, because I know it, my basically in theory you can upvote or downvote. And if it gets upvoted, it goes higher in the list. If it goes da- gets downvoted, it goes lower in the list. And so you only see stuff that is good that people have been upvoting and not the bad stuff that people downvote. Yeah, Reddit Reddit's trying to create like authentic human connection on um, online. And they do this by the upvoting and the downvoting so that the most authentic questions and discussions get put to the top. I think I just threw up a little bit in my mouth. <laughs> It's like family feud for the interwebs. And I believe we have actually some listeners who are listening because of Reddit. So That is, yeah. So so you might downplay it, but, you know. We, I might downvote it, but yeah. you upvoted it. Right. So. Right. I mean, we... This, the, so Reddit's exactly in the same place. The clerical heirs army. <laughs> that might be a good... Is it, you call that a subreddit, right? All right. What's your question, Peter? Your time. So I have a couple of them. One shorter one and one longer one. Short one here is, pastors, where do you get your clergy shirts? Okay. Well, I, I can tell you where I get mine. So um, I, I get mine from uh, our Concordia Publishing House. And the reason why I get them there is because they're the only ones that uh, make, uh, that I found that have fitted clergy shirts. <laughs> Why are you still, why, Vicar, why are you laughing so hard? <laughs> well, we all know that you clang and bang, Pastor. Right. So. I, I have this aversion to to uh, baggy clothes. So they have to, like, <laughs> they have to let the biceps out? Right. Yeah, it's been a good day, though. Uh, my, uh, my fourth child and I worked out today. I got uh, 225, 17 reps in one set. Nice. Living the dream, man. So, so that's that's where I I get mine, and uh, and uh, where do you get yours? Uh, let me guess. Let me guess. 
you probably find some obscure monastery that hand that they they make mead and and sew clergy shirts um, in a particular uh, while they Come on, read. I'm not a hipster. They read cheapers. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say like all me. Oh, okay. You know, um, the Ecclesia shirts. I I bought one shirt from them, but it's a one size fit fits all, yeah. and it's just super baggy and uncomfortable. So. Hey, you a know. one size fits all shirt. It's it's weird, man. It's it's yeah. Like, do you want to explain it, Vicar? Well, the best way I can explain it is it's like a parachute. My mom went to a Christian bookstore that was going out of business, and they had Ecclesia shirts for sale on clearance, and she couldn't tell the difference between the men's and the women's shirt, and so I ended up. With one of each. Oh, wow! Did it have a nursing flap? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's that's. It, it's like it's it's like a pectoral holder. Oh, okay. <laughs> but but really, uh, Vicar Vicar gets his clergy shirts from the clothing co-op at the Fort Wayne Seminary. Very affordable. Or I get yeah. I get Christmas gifts from my mom that are well intended. But not often used. So, <laughs> so, so if you see a vicar wearing a, a clerical shirt, right? They're, uh, they're, a woman's clerical shirt. No, well, let me say, <laughs> if you see a vicar wearing a, a clerical shirt, where the buttons are on the wrong side. <laughs> let him talk. Let him talk. All right. Well, I, I, it was a good idea, but I'm not going to say it now. <laughs> be 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 nice to your vicar. No, if you yeah. see one with a clerical shirt. There's a good chance either it was a woman's shirt or uh, the pastor who used to have that has died. <laughs> it's true. He's going to call it to the church triumphant. Now, along these same lines, uh, what type of collar do you prefer? Um, well, I, I prefer the Roman collar just for comfort's sake. I've had uh, the Anglican collar. The Roman collar is the one that has just a little tab in the front. The Roman collar is reflected in our clerical heirs artwork for example it's true mm-hmm. and uh now you have some that well one's better than the other really you know yeah i got i do the same thing roman collar because it, they're just way is, more comfortable yeah i mean that's and let's face it i mean the anglican co- collars are kind of snooty but not really so i mean if you're gonna go all out you might as well get like one of those 17th century collars that's all like poofy yeah like you know so and the Anglican collar is the one that goes all the way around. So it, it kind of to me it kind of looks like uh, you might have a flea problem. <laughs> <laughs> now, have you ever thought about getting the bands? Oh, like, you know, with with the two, the, the 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 two the two white pieces that come down. Yeah, those things are pretty rad, man. Do they make those fitted? I don't. Maybe, maybe for you they would. I don't know. Is Ziegler pretty ripped? <laughs> I mean. In his brain. Yeah. Actually, uh, we're kind of related in a weird way. but Through marriage, right? Mm-hmm. Nice. So. so um, a true blue blood right. runs Clerical Errors podcast. So I prefer I prefer the Roman. I prefer the, uh, the Roman collar as of now. Though when I'm ordained, I may choose to wear a different collar on uh, Sunday mornings. I'm not sure about that. But I had one vicar. It was amazing. I didn't. I should have asked where he got it. Where he had it was like a white shirt, a white white clerical shirt, 
And then it had this, this black, almost like a vest type thing that came up to the white and formed a collar at the top. Whoa. I know if I'm... That's, yeah. I mean, that's... It was, it was epic. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. He, he had to buy that new. I mean... That dude was styling. Right? Was this your first Vicar? Well, that was when I had Vickers that cared. <laughs> <laughs> kidding. <laughs> that's when they tried back in the day. <laughs> I'm kidding. Are you offended, Vicar? Not in the least. <laughs> the other question I had, uh, I don't think it's going to be that long, um, but it might. Uh, the question I had here is, what do Lutherans think of prayer beads? Okay. Um, prayer beads, like, Roman Catholics have like rosaries, rosary, yeah. and, uh, right. and Eastern Orthodox actually have their own prayer beads as well. I don't know. I mean, I think external helps are necessary uh, for the most part. Maybe not absolutely necessary, but I think I think they're they're so very important for teaching prayer. Um, like for example, the first thing you do when you're a baby is your parents fold your hands, mm-hmm. right? So that way, and teach you to say Amen, and then it's fold your hands, close your eyes, right? These are all physical actions that aid you in uh, the spiritual endeavor of prayer, right? Jesus uh, fell to his knees and prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, same thing with Daniel, right? He prayed toward Jerusalem. Um, these physical things are not bad. And in fact, most people prayed out loud. When Hannah prayed in her head and her lips were moving, Eli thought she was drunk, right? Um, so <laughs> um, these physical things are not a bad thing. And I don't think that having prayer beads is necessarily a bad thing either. The problem is, is when you turn it into a simple formalism where you're doing a Hail Mary or an Our, Our Father or whatever, um, just simply to get through it. Right. That that in and of itself is, is sinful. Um, or as, it, as if doing the prayer beads actually gains you some sort of special favor before God. Um, uh, so, uh, so what you're saying is, for example, when Luther in the small catechism talks about fasting. Right. You know... Uh, what, it, what 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 does he say? It's a certainly good. It's certainly good outward training, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the thing, because we are body and soul. We're right. human beings, right? Uh, the what but, we, but, what but if you're the, fasting in a way to try and earn favor or be right, L- like we hear it on Ash Wednesday, right? That you know the Pharisees uh, made their fasting known to other people, right? Mm. Jesus doesn't say stop fasting. He says, but when you fast, you hide it. Right? And, and the reason why we're mentioning that is because we're making a distinction between how they might be used as the rosary type of a right. prayer bead. So I, I don't think, I, I actually think it would be beneficial if we set set times for prayers, whether it be at meal times, uh, before we go to bed, uh, home devotions. I think all of those things would be very, very beneficial to us because just like when we put on special clothes for special events like suits for weddings or the like right um these things actually change the way we think and so having set times for prayer or having a physical reminder that hey oh yeah i should pray right now um it's not a bad thing it can become a bad thing but i don't think it necessarily has to be a bad thing all right, thanks, Pete. Those were fun. Um, it looks like we're kind of about out of time. 
So, uh, thank you for listening. And uh, if you want to know what our mystery drink is, if you're intrigued... You have to email us. You have to email us. And, uh, and if you want to know what the other one is, you have to Twitter us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. That's not how it goes. <laughs> All right. So, uh, I am Bulligan. And I'm Berg. May your programs be beneficial. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast, on Twitter at clericalheirsp for podcast, or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. Thanks for listening to Clerical Airs. See you next time. Hey, it's Peter. I'm working on a Christmas gift for the guys. If you'd like to help me out with that, go ahead and email me at christmas at clericalheirs.org. Thanks.